0: Welcome to episode 13 of the Comfort in the Workplace podcast. On today's episode, I want to give my thoughts on women who want to have a family and a career. Now I know, I'm a white male, and you're probably thinking I have no business giving my perspective on issues of diversity, inclusion, or equality. But while I may not have walked that path, I do want to offer my perspective in hopes that I can help. But before I get to the main topic, I'd like to talk through the importance of being an authentic leader. As a leader, you take on extra responsibility. Now, sure, you have support, you have your team, you have fellow, fellow leaders, but you look after the team. You're responsible for bringing back opportunities, helping them grow, helping them resolve issues. And this could weigh on you because on top of that, you have your own role to play. You're almost always a member of another team. You might be on a steering committee or you might be on a leadership team. You have your own job to do. So putting on a false face when you have a heavily managed persona or you're trying to imitate somebody that you admire as a leader, it adds a whole nother job to your overburdened list. It is so much easier to be yourself. I want you as a leader to let your true self shine through. First things first, this is going to become more natural for you. But on top of that, your team is going to appreciate it because they're going to be able to relate to you. They're going to see the true person of who you are. They're going to see your intent. They're going to see how much you care about them as a, as a, as a person and as a team. Now, being yourself and letting your true self shine through, that doesn't mean that you're complacent. I still want you challenging yourself. You still have to go through leadership development. You're still going to have to constantly learn, and you're still going to want to try new things. It's very important. But the key to me is when you do challenge yourself, when you do do the leadership development, when you do bring new ideas back to the team, that you're making them your own. I want you to own it. I want you to mold those ideas so that they can resonate with the team. I could tell you, earlier in my career, I had a great re- leadership development program that I was on. And the focus was on how do you manage tough discussions. And when I came back from the leadership, I had this perfect opportunity. One of my managers had to have a tough, had to have a tough discussion. They came to me for, for advice. And I was like, oh, well, this is a great time for me to use that, that, that course. And basically, I was reading from the, from the book. Um, it, it was a complete disaster. And it's because I didn't, I didn't make it my own. I didn't have a good grasp on the concepts. I was using words that weren't natural to me. Um, I was using words that didn't resonate with the person that I was trying to give advice to. It was a mess. Luckily, I caught myself in the middle of it and I kind of took it back and I apologized and and I admitted that I wasn't ready to share it. It was good ideas, but I went back to my normal advice given style and, and that worked out well and they were able to have their tough discussion with the advice that I gave but i think it's important that when we when we do find new things that we are making it our own we're getting comfortable with it before we're using it with our with our team and the, the same not only for that course that i talked about but the same goes for comfort in the workplace and the tools and topics that i've introduced as part of the comfort in the workplace culture framework i mean they're designed to be straightforward and i know from experience that they work i know that they can help you but you have to make them yours They have to fit into your style, and they more importantly have to resonate with your team. I mean, just for me personally, I created these these tools, and there there are times that I had to change up some of the wording so that it was relatable to the teams that I was introducing it to. I mean, there was a point in time where their core workout was called the circles of influence. Very different wording. The metric lead, I'm using it today, and it's called the operational dashboard. I don't call it the metric lead. The customer correct tool. I've called that the CI template um, in in the past. So the the important part here is don't get hung up on the script. Don't get hung up on what the words are. It's, It's the outcome that is the most important. Remember that you're creating a culture that allows your team to reach its potential. That's the fundamental outcome that you're looking for. The tools are there to help. I know that they work. I know that they can help but don't get hung up on trying to follow them to the letter of the law. Think about the spirit of it all. And I want you to be an authentic leader that lets yourself shine through and have natural conversations with your team. Now, my main topic can easily expose a poor team culture. But before I get there and, and highlight some of the examples that I've seen that highlight a poor, a poor team culture, I wanted to give you a little bit of, of my background. So my four sisters and I were raised by a remarkable woman and I am now married to a remarkable woman who is raising my three girls. My wife has two sisters, I come from a large family and have mostly female first cousins. Now, I don't think for a second that, that, that this makes me an expert on the topic. But I assure you, this does make the topic important to me. I have seen women in my life struggle to try and manage both a career and a family. It's tough. I've seen it. I want to make sure I am doing my part to offer up advice to leaders to help make it better. I have three young girls. I have many nieces. And if we don't make it better, they're going to have to face the same issues. I believe that this is a very important topic for equality. So when I look at the approaches that I've personally seen, they really really summarize into into three approaches. The first is when a woman chooses a career over a family. Now, I don't ever judge someone's decisions that they make with their life. Every single person needs to make a decision that leads to their happiness. It's all about being happy. We have one life. if, if a woman thinks that a career is more important to them than a family and that's going to make them happier, uh, all, all, I'm all for it. However, I do think that too often this is viewed as a role model or standard for a woman who wants to have a successful career. This isn't the only way. It does not need to be this way. I've also seen when women try their hardest to juggle the two so they try to make both of them important and they try juggling it around. And even worse, I've seen women who try to juggle these two things and they're trying their darndest to, to make it work and they have zero support from their manager or from their company. And basically the, the manager's sitting there leaving them feeling like, well, this was, this was your decision. You're the one who made it. So you're gonna have to live with it. And I'm here to tell you that it does not need to be this way. The third approach that I've seen is when a woman puts their career on pause to raise their family, and then when the kids are a little bit older, they want to pick it back up again. And too often with this approach, when the woman tries to return to the workforce or tries to kick their their career back into gear, they're basically treated like entry level, like they're starting from scratch. Like their tremendous experience and their tremendous accomplishments and all that potential that they had before they decided to raise a family, never happened. So they're being punished for pausing to to raise a family. Now this is a huge inhibitor to a woman deciding to come back to the workforce. And again, I'm gonna tell you, it does not need to be this way. So here's what I think we can do about it. We need to have a strong team culture. You need to have a strong company culture. That's it. Now, it sounds simple, and I know that that's a lot harder than it sounds, but that's what we need. If we have a strong team culture, we're going to look at people with respect. We're going to look at our team members with respect. Let's look at the comfort and workplace tenets. One of the foundational ones is respect team members. If you have respect for team members, all team members, um, that that that's going to have um, equality. You're going to be able to Look at a person's situation, individual by individual, and and appreciate that person's perspective. That is foundational. A lot of the issues that I that I talked through, those those aren't going to exist in a strong in a strong team culture. Let's go down a little bit further. Some of the other work uh, comfort in the workplace tenets. You got healthy collaboration. You got accountability. You've got consistent communication, transparency, focus on the important. Now think about these tenants. If these tenants are alive in your team culture, are you gonna have those, those same issues? Well, of course you're always gonna have issues, but are they gonna be as dramatic as, as what we see too often in the workplace? So to me, if you have that culture or a culture similar to comfort in the workplace, the very real obstacles that women face trying to manage a career and a family either go away or are significantly diminished. So let's take the juggling approach. Now, if your culture is focusing on demanding excellence while respecting team members, it has transparency, it focuses on the important, it will make it much easier for both the manager and the woman to juggle the work. The priorities are well-known and reasonable. Team members are holding each other accountable and backing each other up. There's no doubt on on intent. You know what your core objectives are, and the teams are the teams are aligned. So you have um, the healthy collaboration, and maybe you have your virtual bulletin board in place. You have your YMWD, so that the manager and 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 the employee understand what the priorities are, understand what the month ahead looks like. So now, if if uh, if you have a, a, a sick child that um the, that the mom needs to stay at home with. Uh, you, you They're able to be in touch. They're able to know that the work is going to get done. So it's not about micromanaging and looking over their shoulder at at, at their desk. You got to have that strong culture. That tr- that it's not going to be perfect. No, it's not. But a strong culture will help tremendously in making it equal playing field. So now let's take the pause approach. Now personally. I love seeing this approach um, I, I, I str- strongly believe that uh, multitasking is just a sequence of trade-offs um, so I, I definitely um, appreciate when someone takes a juggling approach um, I, I understand the intent um, and you know want to make them make them both work um, and, and certainly we need to support that and I like I said I, I Everyone has to have their happiness. So if you choose a career over a family, that's great That's great as well. Um, and that certainly gives you, gives you focus. But the pause approach let's, is, is kind of that hybrid in between. Um, and so you ha- a woman has a career. Um, they're doing great. They have a ton of potential. Um, they're adding value. But then they decide a family is always something that they wanted. It's a goal. It's a goal that they had. Um, it's a life goal. And, and they're going to go and take a pause, and they're going to do that. So now when they, when they come back... I say go the opposite of the, the entry level. Accelerate the growth. Now, you don't want to just assume that they've never stepped away and, of course, there's got to be a, um, a period of time where they're getting more comfortable and, and, and getting back into the, into the groove. Um, but, man, accelerate that growth. Recognize that this person had great achievements before. Um, they have experience. They've shown the potential before. So now, find ways. It's up to the leader. It's up to the manager to find ways to let them prove themselves. Um, so please don't take the same timeline, um, the same velocity as an entry level person. Um, I, want, I, want, I want you to challenge and to find opportunities. Um, and if that, if that um, person comes back and they're looking hungry and they're eating it up step by step, man, don't follow the same timeline as, as, as an entry level. That's not, that's not fair. Um, what's fair is to to let them accelerate their growth, and hopefully, um, they could they could um, get right to where they they, they would have been anyway, um, with with pausing to have to have a family. And so, to me, when you think about having um, the strong culture around um, demanding excellence, when you think about accountability, when you think about transparency, um, this should all play itself play itself out all out in the open. Um, and and to me, that's that's how. You get that, that, that equal playing field. And so in both cases, when it works, as a leader, we need to recognize it. We need to put a spotlight on it. We need to scream it from the rooftops because these are the role models that we want for our young girls. We want our young girls to know that they have options, that it isn't just one way. It isn't just a choice of a career or a family. There is a way to juggle. There is a way to start a career, pause, and then pick it back up again. These are all real possibilities, and we have to make sure that our young girls understand that as leaders, as corporations, as companies, we have their back. We're putting cultures in place that allow it to be an equal playing field. Please join me in creating comfort in the workplace by respecting team members and demanding excellence.